0: My most creative ideas come when it's either in the shower normally yep. or if I'm driving, right? For some reason, when I'm driving, because my brain, I don't know how I, how the psychology of it works, but I'm occupied doing other things and watching traffic and, you know, uh, but mm-hmm. that's when... I have epiphany moments usually is when I'm driving and which is which is awesome. So I keep a pad of paper in the car, not the iPad, pad of paper with a pen in the car, so I can scribble down chicken scratch whenever I'm driving. And then I try to execute on those things if they make sense later.
1: Welcome to the We Are Photographers Podcast from Creative Live. I'm your host, Kenna Klosterman, bringing you true stories from behind the lens and behind the lives of your favorite photographers, filmmakers, and creative industry game changers. From their struggles to their wins, we get the real human stories about why they do what they do. I believe there is something to learn from everyone's story. Listen, get inspired, and discover why in the end, your creative journey is all worth it. Our guest today, his name is Frederick Van Johnson and he is one of the industry greats who I am thrilled to have on the podcast. Uh, Frederick is best known for his podcast, This Week in Photo, Uh, the This Week, the TWIP Network. Uh, He is also the host and producer of the podcast Behind the Scene, that's S-E-E-N, which is super clever, uh, for Skylum Software. Uh, He has been a photographer for decades, a marketing professional. Uh, He is one of the people that was part of the early on development of Lightroom, iPhoto. Uh, He is just a had such a career he uh, was originally a combat photojournalist and just is uh, an incredible human being who knows more about what's going on in the world of photography than probably anyone so please help me welcome frederick van johnson frederick thank you so much for coming on the show today
0: Thank you. I'm I'm seriously honored to be here, Kenneth. Thanks for having me on. After that intro, I'm like, man, who's that guy? I wanna I wanna listen to that. <laughs> That's not me. I wanna be, I yeah. wanna meet that guy. <laughs> yeah, he sounds super interesting.
1: <laughs> well, he is super interesting, and that guy is you. And so, you know, that really is the purpose of this podcast, Frederick, is is to, you know, dive into the lives and careers of folks that we see and hear from, but don't always hear those, you know, fun personal stories, whether it's the ups and the downs, the creative wins, uh, the creative losses, as we all have. And what I think is super interesting uh, about you and your career is there's just so many twists and turns and, you know, and and adaptation, really, um, and evolution. Uh, yeah. and, and so I, I'm curious if we can start with, so what is the most exciting thing that you are working on right now and then we can dive Ooh. back in time.
0: Yeah, that's that's really that's a really good question. Uh, usually we start at the beginning and go to the end. I like lot, starting I like Tricky. starting cur- yeah, current day. So what's going on right now? So like like you mentioned this week in photo the the podcast that I host and run which is which is a little bit more than a podcast now over the years has been around yeah. for over I'm going to I'm going to show the rings of my tree right now but over a decade the podcast has been running um, and the you know over the years it has evolved like you said it's kind of tacked and kind of you know moving towards the same direction but taking different shifts as technology changes and all that one of the latest changes and what I what I'm doing in 2021 it sounds so weird to say that, 2021. Uh, in 2021 is, uh, we have a membership that a lot of people don't know about, like a private community that, uh, you know, we have photographers that come in and hang out and we just chit chat, we do mixers on Zoom, you know, that kind of thing. We do image critiques, we're doing one right after this, for example, and that that is about to evolve and go a little bit bigger with courses and, you know, of course the community still and events and, And webinars and all that kind of stuff so the podcast is branching out from being just a bunch of people that love to listen to photography the twip listeners and the people that participate in the community to being a much broader kind of social effort if you will so and it's fun building that the marketing side of me loves building this kind of stuff and just nerding out on the different tools and platforms that are available and all that so you know it's 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 more narcissistic than it is (laughs) anything else (laughs)
1: Well, there's a lot of fun things to dive in there, uh, first of all, and um, community. Yeah. Tell me about the importance of community to you, because, again, like early, early on, you started a podcast and, like you said, grew into the... Twip network, you know, all these different shows and just continues to build and build and build. And like I said, evolve into what it, what is coming up this year for you uh, and for the community. So talk to me about community and talk to me about what you have learned about yourself through Uh, community.
0: Yeah. Communities is really, really important. I didn't realize how important community was and how, you know, it's, Community is important, and it's also very difficult to to kind of get going and then also maintain as a as the person running the community. And I'll, I'll draw a circle around that because the some of the more important things that I've learned just to answer the question are the just putting myself in the position of custodian versus the guy that's running it and you know i'm i'm sitting in the in you know up on high and dropping down these these nuggets of knowledge i position myself in the community as as me, and I'm just another member of the community who happens to be the custodian of the community, you know? So um, I'm a peer versus someone who's at the top, you know, dropping down nuggets of knowledge because I'm not. There are many people in my community that are exponentially smarter than I am, right? So, and I love having their input in the community. I love having other people and people that are just new to to the world of photography come in and sort of chat about the whole thing. It's all very exciting to me. So yeah, the learning was humility and not being, you know, not trying to be. Oh, I'm I'm the the big celebrity guy. I'm not a celebrity, but the big guy that's running all this stuff. It was more of you're just one of us. I am in the crowd of people, but I'm the guy that has to kind of, you know, row and make sure the rudder is pointed in the right direction. And I'm the fall guy. So if something goes wrong, they have, people have somebody to blame, right? So. <laughs>
1: it's a lot, it's a lot to hold Frederick. And I, and I've always kind of seen, um, you know, again, humbly a a sort of a a similar role for myself and you in terms of, and I, I like to call it a guide, um, uh, you you call it custodian. Like, again, we're a holding space for a community of people to connect and do their things. Uh, but, but like you said, also as a part of that community, uh, and and I think that's where that authenticity comes in, uh, yeah. and and it is like you and I both being able to, you know, bring in other people as guests and get the most out of them, and you know the experts, but as well as you know doing critiques and and all of that. Yeah. So it's yeah. a it's a pretty special role to be in, and it and, is
0: yeah,
1: kudos. It, it to is, you and, it, and it
0: thank you. I was gonna say yep. yeah, and it's it's very like. Yeah, it's it's nuanced in that I don't I don't want the twip, you know, as much as because I've been doing it for 10 years, my name, Frederick Van Johnson, is synonymous in many ways with this weekend photo, um, which is not the best thing in the world. I want I put myself in the position of custodian because I want the feel of the community to not be intrinsically tied to me as some sort of thought leader i want it to be this this group that i've coalesced like a kid right you you birth this kid and now you know it's it's grown hopefully it'll take care of you later right so So I kind of look at it from that perspective, and it's it's this thing that's going to grow, and hopefully with or without me. If I'm not around, I would like to think that the TWIP community will continue on in perpetuity. And I kind of build it with that mindset in mind that I'm building something. That's why the custodian thing. I'm building something that is made of granite. Right, and it's like R- Mount Rushmore. It's going to be around long after this iteration of humans is here. So that's that's kind of how I look at it.
1: Which again goes back to you playing multiple roles, so many yeah. roles uh, behind the scenes that people don't necessarily see. But so talk to me about you know entrepreneurship. You have a marketing background. You're still a marketing professional. Like mm-hmm. talk to me about early on and building something entrepreneurial that didn't exist and maybe some of the some of the moments where you had the like, what am I doing? <laughs>
0: you mean like yesterday? No. <laughs> That's that's every week, right?
1: It continues, and, yeah. no, but yeah, it but does. Let's bring us back to early on.
0: This stuff, this stuff is like a sine wave, really, you know. And any any job, you know, even corporate America, right? In corporate, it's it's a sine wave. You have great times, and then like, oh, am I getting laid off? And then great times, and then you know. Uh, and it's to say it's similar, not the same. It's just similar with this stuff. To go way back to the beginning, so the entrepreneurial kind of spark, or the like I say on the on my podcast when I talk to photographers, I say, "What's your what was your your Peter Parker radioactive spider moment?" Right. And what made you know that you wanted to do this thing called photography. And I can trace mine back, at least for the twip side, because like you said, there's multiple tangents. There's photography, there's marketing, there's, you know, Um, for the entrepreneurial side of things, my my radioactive moment or radioactive spider moment was when I was at Apple. And like you said, I was I was a senior marketing manager at Apple on the aperture and iPhoto team. And look, great job, obviously amazing company. Right. And I, but I remember back then my office was literally about three miles from my home, from my driveway. Right. So, and I remember just on a Monday, just like this, I remember on a Monday, it was like eight o'clock sitting in traffic on 280, uh like on my way to one infinite loop the apple campus and i just remember sitting in traffic thinking like this is not fun man <laughs> i just don't feel like going into this monday stand up meeting i don't feel like telling these people what i'm working on i don't feel like justifying my existence again i love what i'm working on but i just i just had that i don't feel like dealing with it. Right. I just wanted, I want to go in my office and close the door and work on stuff. I don't want to interact with people. I just want to get stuff done. Right. So it was like, it was that kind of that annoying, like prick in the back of my neck, just like, you know, and I remember at the time I was listening to Tim Ferriss, on the four hour work week, you know, and other similar books. Uh, this is, I was listening on audible, uh, and other similar kind of, Self-help kind of things. That was my my thing. It still is. So I was listening to that, and I was remember. I remember thinking he said something in there about even if you're in corporate America, you need to treat every job like a contract. Change your mindset to think of the, like your your nine to five job as not the end all be all think of it as another contract so that you know it's a it's an income stream and then build up multiple multiple income streams so if one goes away you can have other ones and i that was like a light bulb moment for me i was like yeah, Tim, I need income streams. <laughs> I need, so that's when I started kind of moving down the road of what kind of income stream would I build? What would it look like? And if I was to do that, how would I apply my Apple marketing experience to something externally? Because you learn a lot there. I mean, it's a pressure cooker, but you learn so much. Um, and I was thinking, how do I how do I apply that, that stuff to this stuff? So I started building and drawing flow charts and all that stuff. And that was, that was the moment, you know, insert montage here. And the next scene is me with a Twip logo on my chest. <laughs> so.
1: Well, I think a lot of people will identify with the statement you made and me as well, um, who worked in corporate marketing in the corporate world. Uh, yeah. And with the statement of, um, I had to, was always trying to justify my existence.
0: Yeah. Like, Don't lay me pause. off. Don't lay me off. I'm, I'm worth it. Don't lay me off.
1: <laughs> but just pause on that statement, needing to justify your, ex- feeling the need to justify your existence. Yeah. And, and, you know, flip that around to, I mean, I guess maybe we still are telling ourselves we need to justify our existence with, with, when you're an entrepreneur too, yeah. but it's a, it's a self thing versus an other thing.
0: Yeah. It's a metal to metal thing, right? It's a, instead of having one boss or a couple of bosses that you have to make sure they think you're worth it, you got hundreds of thousands of people that have to think you're (laughs) worth it, which means if, if a hundred of them don't think you're worth it, you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay your mortgage or anything like that. You just, you know, you can, it's, it's, you know, the, I think the, the one of the things that Tim Ferriss said in that book was the myth of the nine to five is, or the stability of the nine to five is dangerous because you, you, you know, you and I was in it, right? You get to that whole comfort, and I got the expense report, I got this, I got that. They're paying for my cell phone, I got the laptop, I got this big check that comes in every two weeks. You know, you got all that stuff, but then instantly, and this is one of the things that 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 pushed me towards entrepreneurialism was that. Instantly, all that can be gone. And I saw it every quarter, you know, instantly people that were they, you know, it was literally people that had tattooed the Apple logo on them or in other companies, you know, were just kind of intrinsically tied their person, their person to that brand. And then when that brand decides that they don't want you anymore, you're kind of walking in the desert, you know, looking for for justification. And I remember. When I left Apple, uh, it was it was it, no, this was Adobe. When I when I when I left Adobe, the I, I had this meeting with this very famous photographer whose name I won't mention. When I had this meeting with this very famous photographer. We were hanging out in San Francisco having lunch, and I said, "Yeah, I'm no longer at Adobe or whatever." And the 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 tone of the conversation shifted from, "You are no longer a resource." You know, that's what it felt like. It felt like, oh, you're not the Apple guy anymore, so you're no longer a resource. What can I, you know? It, why am I here, right? <laughs> and I was like, I'm still. I thought you liked me, not the Apple logo. You like, no, no. It was the Apple logo, and what have you done for me lately, Janet Jackson, right? So, yeah, and that's, that's that, that was an epiphany yeah. moment.
1: Isn't that fascinating? Okay, like, first of all, did people do people really tattoo? The Apple logo on their body.
0: They did. I don't know about now that Apple is a trillion dollar company and is now the man back when they weren't the man. And it was like, yeah, we're the rebel forces fighting against the evil Microsoft. And uh, yeah, I mean, you remember the 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 uh, Macworld Expos at Moscone Center in San Francisco and people used to line up outside to get in there. You'd see rainbow painted hair and Apple logos tattooed into heads and it was, it was over the top. I mean, it was cool. And it was cool to work for a company that had that kind of, you know, fanboyism around it. Because it was like, I work for the company that these people worship. I must be important, right? <laughs>
1: so. Well, it's, no, I mean, and that's it's an interesting evolution, again, of how companies change, how brands change, um, all yeah. of that. But I want to go back to, again, this... Um, this insight of instability with things that we think are the stable part of our lives, our instability, like it, it, as I've, I've had this conversation with some other entrepreneurs where it's like, we do think that having a stable job is working for somebody else. Whereas, the true stability lies within, you know, believing in yourself and yeah. justifying your own existence to yourself. Um, what do you, and you mentioned that you were like self-help or whatever, you know, what have you had to do for yourself? Or do you, can you give us maybe a story about, again, a moment where you're like with your own entrepreneurial journey of um, having to I don't know. Just dig deeper inside yourself to be able to keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's so many. There's so many. Um, one of them, which relates to this community that I mentioned, that I mentioned was um, about four years ago, four and a half, maybe five years ago. I, I wanted. to I've always had this sort of burning thing that I wanted to start a community. Not so much because, I, you know, yeah, I need, I need these masses of people to interact with. It was more of uh, we're, I'm doing these podcasts and I wanted a place for people that were interested in the topic of the podcast to interact with each other and continue the conversation either with me, with each other, or the host or the guest of the show. So I needed a place for that. Um, and back then, you know, I was, I didn't want to do it on Facebook. I wanted to kind of keep it on the, on the, the website. So I use a and the website is powered by WordPress. So I use a WordPress, uh, community plugin on the site, and. You know, long story short was I didn't have the time to devote to community management because it was just like I installed the community and that's it, right? No, that's not it. Um, so what happened was a community that is unsupervised quickly spins out of control. This one spun out of control to the tune of pornography being uploaded in there and, you know, mild hate speech was showing up in there from time to time. Just little like dirty stuff like that was in there. And I, I issued a couple of warnings and I was like, you know what, guys, come on, <laughs> please self-supervise because I'm doing all these other things. I don't have time to self-supervise you or supervise you. Um, and then I, I gave them the, you know, the parent child, if you do this one more time, I'm taking your toys away. And it happened again. I think maybe just to test me. And literally that minute, I I deleted it, I shut it down, you know, no notice. It just went away, just evaporated. And I was like, you know what? I don't I, I can't do that. Maybe we'll try it again in a couple of years. So fast forward the platforms and software has changed and matured a lot and you know a lot of things have changed and it was time to retry it again this time it's stuck so here we are so that that's the story it was just that was kind of a false start and and i i felt I felt like, you know, maybe this community thing is just not for me. How do these other people do it? Maybe they have staffs, you know, people that run it 24 hours a day, but that ain't me. So maybe we'll try again when you don't have to do that. So, yeah, it was interesting. It was it was a sad time because I turned it off and it was a bad week for me, too, because I was like, man, why can't people just be normal? (laughs) No, you know, you got to you got to put Crazy stuff in there for other people to see, but I solved it. And I, I'll, if you want to know, I'll tell you how I solved the issue of the the pornography and hate speech issue. It was a very simple fix. Uh, if you ask me later, I'll tell you about it. Well, tell us now. Oh, easy. Uh, money, <laughs> so, and money not because you know I wanna I wanna buy a Tesla or anything. It was it's money because money is is the great uh, remover of anonymity. So the problem with the first community was it was completely free, therefore anonymous, and people could get in there and just, with reckless abandon, say anything about anybody. They could say, your camera is garbage because this and this, and not have any repercussions for it. As soon as you add a dollar value to the membership, and in the case of, of the TWIP community, when it started, it was just $4.97 a month, right? So just a, a little just a little something to make it— so that you're not anonymous, I have your credit card number. Everyone in here knows that everyone else has paid to get in there. So it up levels the 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 thickness and the the smartness of the conversation. I can't tell you, just looking at the the first one and just the way the conversations were going and the camaraderie and real life friendships that have been built in the new community i mean we've had members that have flown internationally to hang out with each other i mean it's it's a real community versus just some other place where you go to kind of hang out and and troll and the other piece of that the other the the other reason why it worked was my when i was restarting the community my first thought was facebook groups of course and this this was around the um the the uh, the Facebook controversy with Cambridge Analytica and the data breaches and all that stuff. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it on there. Plus it's free and Facebook's terms of service say you cannot charge. So I'm going to be back in that same boat again, but it's going to be worse because I can't control anything. Facebook has <laughs> control over who sees what. And so I'll be back in the same boat, only it's going to be a worse boat. So I looked for alternative solutions and I found a great one and that allowed me to put a little uh, membership fee on there and Bob's your uncle. Everything worked. And you know, can it to just to like put a square around it instead of a circle, the um this the the iteration of the community as it stands today is I have not promoted it for the most part. We're going to start promoting it. It's kind of been in a, a multi-year-long beta period, so we only have a you know a couple hundred members in there, and you know it's it's we've been kicking the tires for a long time. So now this next iteration is to not kick the tires and kind of push it push it out into the ocean and see if it floats. So yeah, it should be fun.
1: Well, it, it's um, yeah. But you when you take away the anonymousness, the anonymity uh, of um, and and it really is sort of with anything, once you pay for something, you find value in it in a different psychological way. Uh, And and. And it is it, it it is a step towards uh, self-selecting, you know, the people who truly want to be there. Um, so yeah. I think that's I think that's brilliant. It's attention,
0: um, right? It's attention, yep. and you know, there's something to the phrase "pay attention," right? <laughs> you pay, ah. you, pay a, you pay attention to things that's that you right. pay for. That even if it's a even it's a buck, you know, people, yep. it's it pushes it from just free, you know, like, oh, I got a free sample at Costco or something all the way to, okay, I I spent my hard earned dollar on this, let me see what I got for my money, and let me behave in there because I am not anonymous anymore, right? So yeah. that's kind of the key. If that was if that was one tip I'd give future Frederick or past Frederick about you know community building, I would say that you know um, put some sort of fee on there or don't make it anonymous at all and you know and also nurture more there's a lot of little yeah. kind of community building things i'm sure you're very familiar with to keep the keep the ball rolling forward but you know it that's one of the big ones is to keep the trolls out because that's the hard thing if you have trolls and people that are negative in there it's hard it's hard to get beyond that and i'm inherently not a negative person but when you get in there and you're like dude really come on really you had to say that was it really necessary is your life better because you said that so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, w- I want my community to be a reflection. Like I said, it's it's a place where I like to hang out. Versus, yeah. you know, I'm I'm in there. So don't don't come in and act a fool in my house. So
1: <laughs> absolutely, and I, it makes me think about uh, how a lot of you know creatives or um, people with podcasts or what have you have been able to create communities using uh, platforms. Like oh my gosh I'm totally blanking on um, some of the platforms where again people can subscribe on a monthly basis to interact um, and it allows them a way to um, to to make money as well and, yeah, and have an yeah. income stream um, for yeah. doing your your what you love to do um, and yeah. have ways for people to do Q and A's um, and what have you. What is the platform that I'm trying to think of? Oh, my gosh. That's where people, sure. like, launch um, – new, not launch new things. Uh, you've got supporters. You've got ah, – Facebook? No. In. No, no, no. It's where you can put a – people can – Oh, ah, this is going to get me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving right along. It, it'll pop in there. It'll pop it in will. there. It will. It <laughs> will. I want to go back to something in your career that maybe um, people who – or just getting to know you or what have you aren't as familiar with. Um, Because again, it probably goes back to a strong sense of having a strong sense of community um, of, um, of closeness with other people who are all sort of trying to do the same thing. uh, And that being in the air force and being a combat photojournalist. And, you know, I read that you, um, you were sort of instrumental in bringing digital into using that in the military. And I mean, so this is like, sounds like Patreon, Patreon.
0: (laughs) Somebody wrote
1: (laughs) wrote in the comments, thank you, William Chang. Patreon is the tool. Yeah, that one. (laughs) Uh, That one that people are your Patreons. Yes. Thank you. Um, Going back to that comment, just if anybody out there is looking for a way to, you know, be able to integrate that into their own um, platforms or whatever, patreon is a place where people you can get people to pay you like two dollars a month three dollars a month um yeah anyway so let me start over again with the (laughs) uh the the military career and integrating that with photography and um just i i just i would love to have people be able to hear sort of your your story of of that being part of your career
0: sure sure yeah so the air force you know, uh, aim high is where it all began, you know, or kind of began. So it's a long story, right? I was in there for eight years and there's a lot of stuff that we did while while I was, uh, that I did while I was in there, but the, you know, the, you, what you kind of were, were touching on was the introduction of digital imaging to the, to the Air Force. So I was, I was assigned to the 1369th Audiovisual Squadron um, out of Vandenberg Air Force Base, California, which is a missile base. This is a base where they, they train missileers. These are people that sit in those missile silos in North Dakota to press the button, if somebody tells them to press the button. So that, that was the main mission of that base, is a, a space command base. And uh, the one of the things that we were doing, I was assigned, to, like I said, to the audiovisual squadron. And we were doing everything at the time. You know, was traditional photography, and you know, just dip and dunk with chemicals and all that. There were we had computers back then. This is a long time ago. You know, I'm dating myself. I'm older than I look. Uh, so uh, we had computers, but we it was on the cusp of moving from, like, for example, digital cameras were still like it was it was plausible to say these things will never ever, you know, surpass the quality of film. It was in that era and it was plausible to say that. It wasn't like, really? Okay. Um, and I remember at the time, Kodak had just released the Kodak DCS 420, which was a Nikon camera, a Nikon N8008 body with a Kodak hard drive grafted to the bottom of it. A spinning hard drive. This is pre-SD, right? So spinning, <laughs> a spinning hard drive. You can imagine with the battery life of this thing. So the camera was a round one-ish megapixels, um, and it was gigantic. And so, anyway, we we I wrote this this uh, proposal to the to my commander about Photoshop because this was back. This is the beginning of Photoshop. This was like Photoshop 2, I believe, like way back in the era this pre-layers. They even have layers in Photoshop. This was back when you had to save as and change the name to keep versions of your your document so that you could roll back. This was back then. Uh, So I wrote this proposal of we need to incorporate fully incorporate photoshop into our workflow and this is how we do it we need these scanners we need these cameras we need these workstations x number of workstations i did the math is going to cost this much this is a little airman johnson back there right so i i put together the whole proposal with numbers and the whole nine yards and presented it to my boss who then presented it to his boss who then presented it to the base commander who then said yeah tell me more and we did it you know ultimately we did that and i revamped the studio station in in tokyo for my first my first assignment at, at uh, yakota air base in tokyo and for the first assignment one of the things i did was revamp the studio there cuz i was uh, you know part of our job was studio photography so part of the part of the week i was a studio photographer taking officer portraits and there were some things that we needed to do to make that studio more modern based on what was available so we increased that or made that better So that, you know, that that kind of stuff. And for the 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 digital imaging sort of revamp of the base, that was the I believe the first we were kind of a test bed for the Air Force in terms of other bases saw it and like, hey, what'd you guys do? Can we do that too? you know, other audio visual squadrons? And now everyone was doing it. And I got a commendation medal for it from the from the Air Force, which is pretty awesome, which is hanging on the wall right over there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> which is yeah. very awesome and just to yeah. to a to how old were you when you're like putting this proposal together to i want to
0: say i was in my early 20s back yeah. then yeah so I was a kid, I was, I was just a kid who just was, and I was geeking out on Photoshop too, cause this was this was around the era when, like I said, everything you had to, in order to be good at Photoshop, you had to be good at channel operations. They call them chops back then. You had to begin at channel operations and understanding how to, you know, get this channel and do this to it so that you could then load it back in and change these colors and all, you know. So that level of deep understanding of the software, the fledgling software, at that time kind of set up this foundation for me just sort of loving the power and the possibility of digital imaging and the stuff that you can basically that you could dream of if you can figure out how to build it you can make it right even back then so you know that kind of that kind of pushed the whole digital imaging thirst of me forward or from me forward and it's still to this day, you know, as you the stuff that I do today, even with the podcast and other projects I'm working on, everything is tied together. It's all back. It all has a backbone of digital imaging and photography in it. Even the podcast, even the community, even the the events we're going to start, all this stuff is all on the same the same background. So or backbone. So it, it from the surface, it may appear that, wow, Frederick's doing all these stuff, all these things. In reality, it's not, right? In reality, I'm doing this podcast so I can geek out about this camera that I'm using to look great on the screen (laughs) and these lights that I have up and, you know, all these – the software that you can use to do this stuff. So it all just – it goes back. I'm doing the exact same thing I was doing back in the military, just looking for ways to improve processes to make things better. And I did that at Apple. I did that at Adobe. And I'm doing it now here.
1: Well, I was gonna say you look. Your setup is amazing. That that looks much better than mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's just a, the camera. This for folks that are wondering. People always ask me, "Hey, what camera are you yes. using?" This this camera is an old uh, Lumix GH4 with a 12 to 35 f2.8 lens on it. That's it. That's it. It's and it's plugged in to the computer through a through an ATM Mini Pro, but it could just as well be any HDMI interface. And I have two lights, one on either side of the camera, shining at me, and then two lights back there with gels on them. That's it. You turn it on, you're good.
1: <laughs> Look at you going into teaching mode. <laughs>
0: I, love yeah, sorry, I love it. love Sorry.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, dopey. Always, always teaching. Um, always yeah, always. Um, passing along. Uh, wonderful, you know, tips and and sharing. you know it's just the sharing, sharing, <laughs> yeah. sharing. Okay, so we were talking about um, we were talking about community. We were talking yep. about um, just how you're when you look back in your career, it is easy to see the through lines, um, yeah. but you know it's not always the case when you're in it. I am curious. Yeah. You were talking about you know setting loving to look at processes and make them better how much of your time are you are are you tinkering with things I guess I I was when I go back to thinking about um the you know twip and so much testing of gear or you know talking about gear like how do you find so much time to to be researching and tinkering with um the latest and greatest things
0: yeah it's it's hard. It, it's not hard. and that it's a that's an interesting question because i the the stuff that I do, like the podcast and photography and you know drones and three sixty cameras and all this stuff, it, I don't do it because I have to do it. I do it because I like doing it. Like it's not like, okay, the day's over. now I can go do this other thing. It's like, Oh the day's over. I'm finished I'm finished streaming now. I could go fly the drone, you know, or what's this new drone that's out, you know? It's it's always, you know, my brain is in that world already and the podcast and the things that I do just kind of serve as an outlet for me to geek out about it with people. So it's not the opposite if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. Um and I was at your Twitter, I think it was your Twitter handle that says, or description says, I'm a photographer and creative professional who loves creating unprofessionally. Yes. (laughs) So I think that's an interesting conversation and distinction between uh, creating a life that is surrounded by photography um, and beyond of whatever it is that you're passionate about versus having that be... Like I always say i'm I don't make my income by like taking pictures and selling them to people, but I've created this life of that everything is surrounded photography related. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. and, and so, you know, how much time are you or or is that what you mean by uh, who loves creating comma unprofessionally?
0: Yeah, that that was a really intentional statement I put on there. So that that comes from, in a lot of ways, my time at Adobe. So at, at Adobe, one of the key thing I learned a ton when I was there. But one of the key things I learned was the the definition of amateur, the versus professional, right? And the word amateur, the the, the the knee-jerk connotation of the word amateur is this is somebody who's not as good as a professional, when that's not true. The the real definition is somebody who does something for the love of doing it, not because they have to do it. Meaning, in many cases, which is what bore itself out when I was at Adobe, amateur work it's some is very often superior to professional work because an amateur can spend days – retouching a photo where a professional has to get that thing out because they're losing money and they got to get on to the next one. So, you know, the, the, the creative professional who loves creating unprofessionally is just that, you know, like because I don't make the bulk of my income from photography in, 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 I would consider myself an amateur photographer, right? Cause I, I don't go out and say, Hey, I am this, you know, even though I say that on my byline, I don't go there and you know purport to be this Joe McNally or you know this type guy that are that are powerhouses in the photography industry. I watch Joe McNally and and Rick Salmon and Scott Kelby and all those guys do their things, and I'm taking feverish notes about what they're doing, just like my just like my community does. So. I like creating unprofessionally because that's the amateur side of thing in the, in things in the purest sense of the word where I do it for the love of doing it, not because I have to do it.
1: I love that uh, (laughs) sentiment. And I, I, when I, I can remember when I first heard that as well, that amateur means for the love of, and I just I think it's really important for people to be able to reflect on that, because going into a professional career, becoming Joe McNally or you know or, or what have you, isn't necessarily for everyone. And yet there's yeah. this like, are you professional or not professional? Uh, and mm-hmm. and. And so it's this, like, as if being a professional photographer is better than being an amateur photographer. Um, Right. But I I think that that's, it's, it's again, going back to like you and I both as being these guides, um, that are sort of, again, just trying to be there with everybody holding space. Uh, and, and that's what I, I really appreciate about the way that you approach what you do. Yeah. How has your photography though changed over time? What, what are you what in the photography aspect of your of your um, playing unprofessional, uh, what are the sort of, sort of some of the fun things that you're excited about right now?
0: Yeah, yeah. So my the genre that if I had to pick my desert island genre of photography uh is like portrait. <laughs> yeah, if I had to pick one, uh would be portraiture, fashion, that that kind of thing. Cause I love taking pictures of people and then, you know, doing the retouch and then presenting them with it. You know, I, I love that flow of it. Um but the thing that's that's most exciting me right now is, uh, and, and it has been for several years now, is the idea of uh, telling stories. Uh, you know, uh, photojournalism obviously is telling stories through photography, but telling cinematic stories is what I'm, i I want to start experimenting with in 2021. In a in a single frame, where you're and this is inspired by Marvel, because I'm a big Marvel nerd, right? So, you know, looking at Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they've created this entire universe with all these films that show vignettes into that universe. Like, there's a bunch of stuff going on, just like the Star Trek or Star Wars universes. There's all kinds of stuff going on, apparently. And we get a little glimpse into little worlds of things that are happening in there. And I was thinking, why can't you do that with photography? Why do photographers... um, it's rhetorical, right? So why do photographers just, you know, take a picture of a flower and then present it on Instagram? Why you take a picture of a pretty girl, present it on Instagram, picture of this, that? Why not tie it together like an anthology or something and tell a story in a single frame, create your own cinematic universe based on whatever your own ethos or dogma or zeitgeist is right now, right? And... Build that world with its own physics and gravity and rules and whatever that's happening, put characters in there and then create stories in a frame to tell that story. And because we are back in the day, you know, back in the days we were just talking about, everything was very much a still frame you know there was not very much sharing or anything and it was if you're a photographer you're going to create a print that was the whole thing but today you can create a story using multimedia right so you can do photography you can do cinematographs you can add audio to it you can do written word to add that to it So why not do it in that kind of vein where you're using all the different pieces that are available to you in service of whatever that particular segment of the story is. So that's, that's kind of the direction I want to move in where you, it's, I don't know what the cinematic universe would be called, but there's this universe and now I'm telling this part of the story. And then the other part of it, this is where the marketing stuff comes in. So the other part of what I want to start experimenting with is why can't You know, photographers call themselves artists and musicians call themselves artists. So why can't photographers start releasing work kind of like musicians release work instead of taking photos and saying, boom, here, look at what I did or whatever? Why not do that cinematic universe type thing and then release the work with to big hurrah, (laughs) you know, like, hey, There's a new a new chapter in this story is coming out on Friday. You got to go check it out. I'm gonna put it on Instagram. Boom, 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 boom. Right. So now you have a box to work in instead of like I got all this great gear. Let me go take a picture of some leaves that just fell. Right. Now you have a reason to go out and take pictures because you gotta. You know, there's this new segment of the story that you need to shoot. And then you maybe if you have writing chops, you can write up the story segment of it and you know do a little short story to, to serve. Service that's that thing or maybe do some audio to go along with it so you can have fun with the whole world of of media and then deliver it through instagram or wherever because you have the you have the tools to do it so that's that's kind of the direction i want to move things in
1: wow if you guys are watching the 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 are listening to the audio version of this my face is just like tell me more tell me more and my brain right? is kind of going around like whoa because well first so so i don't know if you can share yet but like i want to know what what where does frederick's mind go what is your ethos what is the world that you would be creating or it's a, it,
0: it's a very genre. utopian world. It's, I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. So, my and the hint can be drawn by the kind of movies I like to watch, right? So, like I said, Marvel, I'm a big Marvel guy. I like the, I like superhero movies. I like science fiction movies. Um, but I like science fiction movies that are kind of utopian future, you know, not dystopian versus, you know, not Mad Max or Walking Dead, more of, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, kind of in that, that vein. So it would be in that. So the, what I would want to create, and this is driven by a a lot of this is driven by the current events over the last several years or so, but like it, it kind of, the phrase would be, wouldn't it be cool if, right? So kind of like black mirror. Right? You look at the Black Mirror series, and they they just have this kind of matter-of-fact, nonchalant, of course it's like that science fiction, integrated into the underlying plot line of each episode. So that, you know, so kind of looking at it in that direction, like, oh, there's a person doing some ordinary thing, seemingly, but it's extraordinary in some way, but it's matter-of-fact that that it's there, right? It's not... It's not like I'm doing this shot to show that I can do levitation and I'm showing, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you my Photoshop skills cause I can levitate myself over the golden gate bridge. You know, there's gotta be a reason around that. Why is Frederick levitating over the golden gate bridge? Oh, it's because he just found out he had superpowers and he doesn't know how to use them yet. Right. <laughs> so something like that.
1: <laughs> okay. I know that it is could be like seen as an overasked question or whatever, and I wouldn't have asked it if I wasn't if we weren't having this conversation. But yeah. what what your what would Frederick's superpower be if you could have one?
0: Oh man, uh, that's a good question. There's so many. Uh, I think if 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 the superpower has to like be bound by the laws of reality and physics, kind of I would be kind of like an Iron Man guy. So, okay. you know, okay. my superpower would be being very smart and obscenely rich and then doing good things with both of those things. <laughs> so, kinda, not the Batman side of it, the Iron Man side of it. Um, but if it, if it's more in a fantasy type science fiction, then it would be time travel, 100%. Yeah. I'd be a time traveler. I'd be changing things all day long. I'd be changing stuff. So. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, it just goes to both of these these pa- these things we've been talking about for the past few minutes. It's like your brain is able to, to create outside of just physically creating something. Yeah. And I mean, even tied to your, your professional career or going back to your, in the Air Force, like just, or you talking about trying to figure out systems. Like I can clearly yeah. see um, How your brain—I don't know—just it it just works. I'm to say it's no, scattered. I can't.
0: It's scattered. It's all over no. the place. I know.
1: <laughs> no, not scattered. But like, like the ability—I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. The ability yeah. to um, create not just at a nuanced scale of I see this flower, it's beautiful. I'm going to focus on the light. I'm going to, you know, it, tell a story about this flower um, to this flower is a superhero and it's going to Mm -hmm. save the world and levitating across the, you know, just, I think it's fascinating.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited,
1: excited to see so much you can do.
0: Yeah. There's so much you can do. Like the, like the, like looking at it, I was just thinking about this yesterday. It's so timely. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was looking at, um, a lot of compositing work from, from people that I admire, like Renee Robin and, you know, these people that do these just fantastical, ridiculously cool and realistic looking Photoshop composites. And I was thinking, man, I want to see, like, we see things in in the real world or kind of with real world physics in these composites all the time, but wouldn't it be cool if we, we did so here's here's the impetus of this. So I'm looking at these composites, and then the next thing I'm looking at was people were talking about the the importance of shallow depth of field in BoCA and getting you know lenses that can support blurry backgrounds and all that. So I'm thinking, why not? Push that forward and do a composite that's in miniature. You know, you've seen those miniature shots that look like a miniature train set or whatever. Why not have a perspective like that, a compressed perspective where everything looks very shallow depth of field, but then overlay fantastical elements into that shallow depth of field scene with blurry things in the foreground and background, sharp things in the middle. And then that would sell the reality of it a little more because your brain is like, Oh, of course it's real. That's out of focus. And that's in focus. Right. So anyway, that's, that's where my brain goes. When I think of when I switch to the creativity kind of circuit, it goes to that cinematic universe and building those kinds of things. And then I take those things, those ideas. And I'm thinking from a community standpoint, well, if I'm focusing my creative talents over here and I'm excited about this piece this month, that could be a topic in the community that we talk about. Just not not so much that piece, you know, it's not narcissistic, not so much that piece that I'm working on, but the techniques around that and ideas, you know, and maybe even challenge the community to do similar things. So that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So it all then like weaves in together. You see how it all kind of... it it ties together the community. I'd be talking about it on the podcast. I'd be creating it, building courses around it, the whole nine yards. So
1: yeah, I definitely was just, my mind went to, yeah, sounds like a course to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I I just love, I, I mean, how do you decide, because again, so many ideas, how do you decide what to work on like, what idea comes past the, I got all these ideas, now I'm going to try this, I'm going to actually try this one, put it into fruition. Like, yeah. what is it that that takes you to the next step of ideas to doing, acting upon them?
0: Well, there's, there's ideas and the pie-in-the-sky stuff, and then there's the work, right? So, mm-hmm. the... The work side of it and the project management side of it comes back down to Apple and Adobe and my experience with product management there because I'm managing multiple projects at any given time, whether it be the refresh of the website or switching email service provider platforms or testing out a new CRM, you know, all these different things that I'm working on. And the the way that I keep it all straight is through you know, I have this this piece of software. You may have heard of it called Notion that I use to keep everything kind of like I know what I need to work on next. I know what's well, who I need to call next. I know all this stuff. It's in Notion, and I walk around with one of these guys with me. <laughs> so then, for the listening audience, that was an iPad. Um, so I walk around with an iPad with a pen, so I could take notes and I can you know basically manage the entire business for the most part from from an iPad. It's it's designed that way that if all this lighting and camera and stuff go went away, I could still do an entire episode of TWIP and everything just from the iPad. It wouldn't sound as good, but I could do it. I can manage the business. I could see income outcome outflow. I could see what's next project wise, everything. I could see it all from the iPad or in a pinch, a phone. So <laughs> you know
1: I'm actually not familiar with Notion. So oh. definitely gonna check that out. No, I don't we don't I don't use that particular one, but, um, definitely
0: there goes your we'll week. I'm that telling that you, I know you fall in love with it notion, I'm not, and I have no affiliation with them other than being a nerd that uses them. Um, uh, but notion.so is the URL oh, yeah. for them Okay. and it, it is, yeah, it'll, it'll change how you think about managing and organizing disparate projects and all kinds of stuff like that. It's pretty cool.
1: So that leads me to think like, do you schedule a time for creativity?
0: No, I don't. I I should, <laughs> I should. I that should you know. But my most creative ideas come when it's either in the shower normally yep. or if I'm driving. Right? For some reason, when I'm driving, because my brain—I don't know how how the psychology of it works—but I'm occupied doing other things and watching traffic, and you know. Uh, but that's when. I have epiphany moments usually is when I'm driving in, which is, which is awesome. So I keep a pad of paper in the car, not the iPad, pad of paper with a pen in the car. So I can scribble down chicken scratch whenever I'm driving. And then I try to execute on those things. If they make sense later, I also keep a pad next to the bed. <laughs> so just, even though the iPads in there, I keep a pad of uh, pen and paper next to the bed. So if I have some sort of epiphany while I'm watching TV or doing something else, then I just jot it down real quick. And then because those ideas are great, and then they go away later. And you're like, what was that thing? I it was a great idea. It's gone like a dream, right? So, uh,
1: well, I think it's it's smart to put processes in place for your creativity. <laughs> you know, like you said, um, I also think it's interesting. Uh, the, this concept of or thinking about creating a space where you can have the, you can, can you um, not reenact, but uh, force, I don't know, force, probably not, whatever your brain goes into when you are in the shower, when you are driving, when you are, you know, kind of like, what is it that the mind is in this other space where you're doing something, but it yeah. it's that like recess? I don't know. It's
0: weird. It's like, I have to be doing something else in order to be creative. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go clean out the garage. And while I'm cleaning out the garage, I'm just having, and I'll have headphones on in there and I'm just doing stuff. and you know, and then I have ideas and it's like, Oh yeah, what if you did this? Oh, you know what? And I, I've like literally solved problems while doing things just like working it out in my head. Like, why does that camera not, why does the computer not see that camera? Right. And I'll just work it out. Oh, because you didn't do this. Did you do that? Did you install the drivers? You know, and it'll work it out and I'll come back and sit at the computer and, you know, Execute it, and it works. So I don't know. It's weird. People with psycho- psychology backgrounds probably understand how that works, but my brain literally can't be dormant. Bef- it can't—well, it can't, it, well, it can't is, a, is a strong word, but I usually have the best ideas and are, am able to be most mentally productive when part of my brain is busy doing something else. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah.
1: No, it's— um... Again, I'm I'm just really fascinated by the fact that we can study these things now, you know, the brain studies and all of that as well is, uh, it's just an exciting time on that yeah, front for uh, sure. as well. Okay. So we've run out of time, but I want to oh. ask the sort of, I know it always goes so fast. Um, final question for you. Wouldn't it be cool if fill in the blank?
0: Oh, oh that's go a back loaded right here, question. What you I, said earlier. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it
1: be cool <laughs> if
0: <laughs> Yeah. Would okay. Uh, there's a bunch of different answers. I'll give one answer to that. Uh, a, a non-political answer to that. Yes. Wouldn't please, it be yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if the computers and software were at a state now where they were inconsequential. Right? So the what I mean by that is the speed of the processor, how much RAM you have in your computer, how fast is your phone? You need the faster processor in your phone, and your internet connection is this, and your camera megapixels that, and all that. I want all. I want to be in an era. That's the time traveler, Frederick. I want to be in an era where. All that stuff is solved. Like, maybe it's Apple with their M1 chip or something. But it's all solved. Everything is just ridiculously fast. And you can throw anything you want at it and do whatever you want. So technology is no longer a bottleneck. And figuring stuff out like, oh, I want my audio to sound good on this podcast. So I need to get this. And that needs to run through that. And I got to hook this up. And, you know, I just want it just to be like, maybe I want to be in the future, right? Because I know my kids are going to be like, what? You guys... You guys had to use that? We just do it all with holograms now, you know? So <laughs> I want to be in that world where where technology is just, you know, it just doesn't matter, and it gets out of the way to let us do the things that we need to do, which is, you know, commune with each other, communi- you know, with community, or execute some weird idea we have, and just go to town with it, and not have to worry about, do I have enough processor speed, or hard disk space, or internet speed, or anything like that, so. That's that's my wouldn't be cooler.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, and the other piece of that to me is sort of it is the great like equalizing where also that everybody had access to all of that. Therefore, you know there weren't blockers of this person has yeah. more of this and more of this, and therefore they don't have the ability to, you know, if if there is yeah, utopia. Yep.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I I think it's—it's you can see it's coming, right? You can see the evolution of tech and speed and, you know, Elon Musk and their Starlink network coming with ubiquitous access everywhere. There's all these things that are that are coming, but they're not here yet. Right. So, you know, maybe we'll get it right on Mars when we get there.
1: (laughs) We'll get there. Thank you so much, Frederick, for being on the show today. I want to make sure everybody knows how to uh, join, get involved, and follow all the things uh, that you are, all the worlds you are creating for all of us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, just head over to thisweekinphoto.com. That's the podcast. The the community it's interesting. So the community as it stands right now, I've I've paused membership. So no one can join right now. The members that are in there are in there, but it will be relaunching in a couple of weeks. So go over to the website, you know, or check back at the website often and you'll see the whole thing is going to change. And if you're on the TWIP list, you'll get a notification of when it goes live with, you know, the, you know, the whole nine yards for launch, you'll get the offer and all that stuff. But it's, it's going to be pretty amazing because I'm trying to build something that's unlike anything else that's out there in terms of the num, the kind and caliber of people that are in the community as well as the you know the 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 excitement around photography the way i position it is a good way to close the way i position it is the the twip community is a community of photographers that are inspired by learning from and encouraging each other that's that's basically what it is so and with zero tolerance for trolls. So if you're a troll, just you know, keep going.
1: <laughs> so. Sounds pretty awesome, Frederick. Uh, all those links will be in the show notes. And uh, once again. Thank you uh, for another fascinating and thought-provoking conversation. Uh, so thank you again. And thank you to everybody who tuned in for the live. Of course, you can get all of the previous episodes of We Are Photographers, the podcast, uh, wherever it is that you stream your podcast, listen to podcasts, or right here on CreativeLive at creativelive.com slash podcast. And we look forward to seeing you next time. We're streaming right now on creativelive.com slash TV Uh, which is another awesome place uh, for free content to be able to learn from conversations uh, as well as performances and all kinds of things to entertain, educate, inspire, connect. And so once again, thank you again, Frederick Van Johnson, and we will see you all next time right here on creative live. See you. I'm Kenna Klosterman and you've been listening to the, we are photographers podcast from creative live. At Creative Live, we believe there's a creator in all of us. And yes, that means you. If you're looking to get fresh perspectives, inspiration, or skills to boost your hobbies, business, or life, head over to CreativeLive.com and check out The Creator Pass. That's our subscription that gives you access to over 1,500 classes on demand. Whether it's photo and video, art and design, craft, entrepreneurship, or personal finance, or even yoga, there is always something new to learn on Creative Live from the world's best educators. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review We Are Photographers wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, and a five star review goes a long way. And if you like this episode, tell someone about it. Word of mouth is the best way for us to reach more creators just like you. You can stay up to date with everything happening at Creative Live by following us on social media at Creative Live everywhere. And I'm at Kenna Klosterman on Instagram and at Photo on Twitter. If there's anyone you want us to feature on the podcast, send me a message. Thank you again for being part of the global creative live community, and I'll see you all next week for another episode of We Are Photographers.